Okay, here we are. And uh, let's just give the Lord a praise. We're in his house. This is a time for us, and we're going to turn our hearts towards the word of God. We are wrapping up our series called 2020 Vision, asking God to help clarify our focus for this month and as we start a brand new decade, not just a brand new year, we want to be focused in the right areas, and the best vision that you can have is a God-inspired vision, a God-given dream. God has much bigger dreams for your life than you have. He has much better plans for your life than you have, and focusing and learning how to See and receive what God has for us opens up many doors of opportunity. If I was wrapping up today's or summing up today's message, I would quote Jesus. And here's the message in a nutshell. Lift up your eyes. That's it. Lift up your eyes. Got it? Got it? Let's close in prayer. Some of you just said, hallelujah, what a wow, what a great message today. Would you lift up your eyes? Jesus um, wants us to stop looking down. When you look down, what do you see when you look down? Hopefully you can see your shoes. I heard somebody say, I can see my shoes. That's good if you can see your shoes. See the ground, see the earth, see what's below when I look down, if, if you try, if you, when I look down, I see a lot of me. Now, when I lift up my eyes, I see y'all. All y'all. Um, I'm bilingual. And here's what Jesus says. The vision he wants us to have for 2020 and through this decade and for our lives is not a vision that looks down is self-absorbed, but a vision that looks up and sees what matters on the planet the most to God. And what matters on the planet most to God is people. And he wants us, us to get our eyes, our focus on people. The scripture that we're looking at uh, comes from John 4. That's where Jesus asks us to uh, lift up our eyes and uh, can we read this together? Good, strong voice. Uh, one of the best people to quote in all the world is Jesus, and this is a Jesus quote. Can, can we read this together either from your study guide, your Bible, or up on the front screen? You ready? Okay, let's read this together. Do not say there are yet four months, and then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Just read with a good, strong emphasis the words that are in yellow. Together, go. This story comes out of the, this scripture comes out of the story where Jesus goes out of his way to meet a Samaritan woman who is drawing water at a well. And it teaches us some very important truths about getting our eyes off of ourselves and getting our eyes on what matters to God 
and people matter to God. Every soul in this room matters to God. And every soul that you walk by on the street matters to God. And so as we look at this story, there's a few truths that we're going to talk about in having a vision that stops looking down and starts looking up. And the first I would say is this. I would say that we need to have a vision, uh, comes out of this story, a vision for, and I put it in quotes, those people. Those people. Yeah, those people. Now, I don't know who your those people are, but I would say a lot of us have a category of people that are those people. And in Jesus' day, there was a category of people that were considered those people. They were the Samaritans. There was religious and regional and racial tension between the Jews and the Samaritans. But Jesus is recorded that he had to pass through Samaria. Samaria. He's going from the south, from Judea, up to the north, to Galilee. And there was a route that went through Samaria, but there was a whole other route that they had developed so they wouldn't have to go through that hood. Let's avoid that section. Let's avoid those people. They had developed, um, they used to be a unified people. The Jews and the Samaritans used to be unified. Then there was some intermarrying, and then there was a new religious system. The Samaritans started worshiping on Mount Gerizim. The Jews were worshiping on Mount Moriah, and there was tension between them. In fact, they looked down their nose at each other. And if you read the story in the Bible, when Jesus gets talking to this woman, she's amazed. She says, why are you even talking to me? Because I'm one of those people. Not only was she a Samaritan, she was a woman. And in the culture of Jesus, not right. Jesus comes against it. Women were part of those people. You have a son? Happy. Have a daughter? Let's try again. That's how it was. In fact, Darla and I talked with a Jewish lady this week. This is her story. She told us her story. She said, I grew up with my brothers. They were bar mitzvah. They were celebrated. I was not. They were given cars and celebrated. I was not. And as she told this story, you could very much feel the sense that she felt like she was just one of those girls in her family. So Jesus goes out of his way to go to the Samaritans, those people, and to reach a woman, one of those people, because Jesus has no people that he calls those people. He calls everyone our people. The Samaritans, they're our people. Women, our people. We want you in our tribe. And Jesus is here today saying, I want you in my tribe. I want you in my family. And he wants us to overcome any feelings we have about those people. You know, the city folk look at the country folk. Oh, it's country bumpkins. Those people. 
And the Midwesterners feel about the coastal communities where the cities are populated. Well, those city slickers, those people. You know, those people that went to the school that was a little less than the school you went to, those people. How about this one? We have whole ways of dressing, and those people don't dress like we. We are, we're cool. And then there's those people. There's those people that have a different religion. Those people, and then there's us. And be careful, this year especially, dearly beloved friends, be careful. We are in 2020, and th those Republicans are out there. Those Democrats. Here's what it does. Here's what those people does. It builds separation. And Jesus has come to tear down the walls. Yeah, come on, we can affirm that. That's what he's come for. He had to go through Samaria because he wanted to tear down a wall. He had to talk to a woman because he wants to tear down a wall. To Jesus, there are no those people. You can tell you are dealing with someone you consider to be those people when the language you use builds walls instead of bridges. You can feel that you're right and you're religiously right and you are right. But it builds a wall. The spirit of Jesus and the vision of Jesus reaches beyond those people because there aren't any of those people. There's only our people. So he wants us to see people the way he sees them. And he sees them as valuable, no matter who they are. They're valuable. See people in God's light. Now, once you do that, there's another vision that he wants to bring to us from this story. And it's the vision of overcoming any feeling that stops us from reaching out to them. Once we see them right, we can still come up with excuses. And it's very interesting in this story, as Jesus had been walking, because that's how he got around. He walked everywhere. Uh, and they would be, so he'd been walking. This is the sixth hour, it says, the scripture. And sixth hour would be like noon. He'd been walking all morning, probably, mile after mile after mile. The sun is now high in the sky. It's hot. He's tired. He's probably hungry, because where are his friends? They're out looking for food. Chick-fil-A was closed, and they had to go find some food. And they leave, they must, Jesus must have been so tired that either they said, Jesus, you're so tired, you just rest here, or Jesus said, you go on. Something happened that Jesus is by himself because the guys are out foraging for food. He's hungry, he's tired, and he has every excuse not to talk to the Samaritan woman. But you have to overcome your feelings in order to break through and share the love of God with those people. Darla and I went and visited Elwin. He's a beloved brother of our family here. He's fighting cancer. He's in the hospital. It's a very serious cancer. It's um, wrapped around. It's on his neck, and it's wrapped around his jugular vein. And it's wrapped around his carotid artery. Keep him in your prayers, please. He needs prayer. Because it's tightly wrapped around his jugular especially. So these are, these are, the carotid takes the blood up to the brain. The jugular takes blood down from the brain. This is how you feed your brain. And the cancer's wrapped around it. So they're going to do surgery on Wednesday. 
which he was a little disappointed in because he, he would like the surgery as soon as possible. It's going to be on Wednesday. You can pray for him on Wednesday, please. So we go in to visit with him. And when you're down, you can tend to look down. When you're emotionally down, you're tired, you're fatigued, you've had a rough day. So when we visit with Alwyn, we don't know, like, what are his spirits going to be like? We're going to encourage him. Because sometimes you need someone to just to come along and say, chin up. That's what I'm saying to you today. Well, not just me, Jesus, and he's much more important than I am. Look up, lift up. But we go to talk with Elwin, and we can hardly get a word in edgewise. If you know him, he's a talker anyway. He just starts talking and talking, and he's telling us about his roommates that he's had and how he has shared the, the good news of Jesus Christ with them and people that have transported him and, and, and how he's praying that he's talked to his doctor and his doctor that's going to do the surgery, and he's asked his doctor about the doctor's faith, and it's not the same. He does not love Jesus, so he's praying. He said, I'm praying that God will do such a miracle in my body that it will be a witness to my surgeon, and he'll come into the kingdom of God. It's just a... He's a guy that you could say is down, but he's not down. He's lifted up his eyes in what people could say is a very tough place. So I don't know the tough place you're in, but I got a message for you from my boss, Jesus. Lift up your eyes. If you dragged yourself in here today, thanks for coming. Lift up your eyes. See people the way God sees them. Push aside whatever feeling, whatever excuse you have not to reach out and lift up your eyes. And then you're ready to share what Jesus shared all the time, and that's life. They're sitting by a well, so Jesus does something very brilliant. He builds commonality. He builds common ground with her. Notice he doesn't use the five spiritual laws. Or he doesn't ask, if you were to die tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? He doesn't use those cash questions. So, so you just, sometimes you just have to be friendly enough to, like, talk to people. What's going on? Oh, I see you're drawing water. I see you're into water. Let's talk about water. You are a woman of water. So he says, could I get something to drink? And it comes up in conversation. They got talking about water. And then he slips it in. Hey! I could give you living water. Now that phrase to us doesn't have the same impact that it would in the culture Jesus shared it in. Especially here in Florida, we get water from the sky all the time. Sometimes it gets a little like water shortage, but not compared to what they have. Their water would come uh, once a year for a very short period of time. It would fall from the skies. Other than that, while the water fell, the living water came from the sky and the living water flowed through the rivers, they would collect as much as possible. And then the water would sit in cisterns where it would not move. It would be dead water. You ever get in the restaurant they say, you want sparkling water? Living water, it's got some movement to it, or still water. And Jesus is saying, I'm, con 
I want you to know that there is something that could happen in this moment, dear lady, that would bring you life. She knew what that was. She knew what the rainy season did. It turned the brown hills green. It brought things that were dead back to life. It took the dry river beds and filled them with water and brought abundance on either side. It spread life wherever it went because that's what living water does. It's equated to life. And in the scriptures, it's equated to the presence of God who gives life. In Genesis, water flows from the head of creation, the garden of God, because that's where God's presence was. In the book of Revelation, water flows from under the throne of God because that's where God's presence is. God's presence bringing life that Jesus said like this, I'll give you life, and not only life, I'll give you abundant life. And he's saying to this woman, I know your soul is dry. Here's how you can tell what kind of water you've been drinking. When your soul is dry. And you come here and you have a smile on your face, but if we could see your soul, we would say, you know what you need? You need living water. And Jesus is here to give that living water to you. If your soul is dry, he gives life. And then, once he puts that life in you, he'd like you to share that life with others. This week, to share that message of life with others especially those people that aren't those people. Overcoming your feelings of fear and insecurity and reaching out and saying, you know what, I know where to find life. And as you have that conversation, I want you to notice from the story of the Samaritan woman that Jesus doesn't just deal with the surface issues. He, I'll say it like this, when he's in conversation with her, he peels the onion. He, he, he goes deeper than the surface. Notice this part of the vision. He's looking at her, but he's looking into her. Have you ever gone beyond looking at somebody to looking into somebody? That's what's going on here. He's looking at her, but he sees inside her the brokenness of her heart. She's been through failed relationship after failed relationship after failed relationship. She's never learned how to have a relationship with men and never learned to have a relationship with God. She's broken relationally. So Jesus raises the subject this way. Hey, while we're talking about this living water, I'd love to meet your husband so we could like talk all together. Why don't you go get your husband? And she thinks she's off the hook. She goes, I got no husband. She thinks that's the end of the conversation, but Jesus wasn't just looking at her. He was looking into her. He says, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five. And right now, you're shacked up with a dude. <laughs> I love her answer. I love her answer. I love her retort. I perceive you are a prophet. <laughs> see, when you look at somebody, see, We've got to have conversations with people that are not just surface. It's okay. Hey, how are you? Okay to ask. Hey, how's the weather? Okay to ask. Hey, did you see the game? Okay to ask. 
But there has to be a point that we just don't see the person. We see into the person because there's something that God wants to do. And he wants to use the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit inside of you to reach beyond the surface. Now when he gets close to her heart, she tries to throw up a smoke screen. She says, oh, you're a prophet. Well, let's talk about religion. Which religion is right? The religion that we have, the Samaritans, that worships on Mount Gerizim, or the religion that the Jews follow that worships on Mount Moriah? Which one is right? And Jesus says it doesn't matter. It's coming. I'm looking with God for people that worship in spirit and in truth, he says to her. He looks beyond the surface. You can fool me. You can fool the people around you. But when Jesus looks at you today, he sees beyond the surface. He sees exactly what you need today. And that's where he's trying to do his work. He's trying to do it in this room so he can make you whole enough so you can go out and be part of the solution in someone else's life. Look beyond the surface and let him bring his life, his life through you to someone else. See them the way God sees them. Overcome your feelings of inadequacy or fear or being tired. Give them life-giving words. Let the Holy Spirit use you to go beyond the surface and not just look at them, but look into them. And then I'd like you to see this from this story, and it's just to be able to tell your story. This woman has a, has a story. She has an encounter with Jesus. She says, um, when it comes to this worship thing, I'm sure the Messiah will sort things out. I'm sure the Christ will sort it out. He says, I'm him. You're meeting him. You're talking to him right now. She goes, wow. And she has a moment of grace with Jesus. That the Messiah, that the Lord would come to Samaria is amazing to her. That Messiah would talk to a woman is amazing to her. She wasn't just a Samaritan woman. She was a Samaritan woman who was a bad woman. There's a reason why she is out there drawing water at noonday when the rest of the women would come at daybreak when the air was a little cooler and they would have a social time of drawing the water for the day. She's not part of that group because she's not allowed to go out at that time. She's out there at noon in the heat of the sun because even in her own community she was those people. She was that woman. And she has this moment of grace where she says, God loves me. A Samaritan woman who's got issues. And it just, wow. It, just, it changes her world. She now knows this much about God. Un porquito. And she says, got to go tell people what I know, that Jesus loves Samaritans and women and bad people. I know a lot of them at my hometown. And she says, Jesus, oh, Jesus, okay, I, I would like to go 
into, into my town and give them my story. Get the contrast. You have Jesus standing there, the most powerful minister to ever grace the planet. Fully anointed, fully appointed, son of the living God. And a broken woman who knew this much about God. Un porquito. And Jesus doesn't say to her, um, excuse me, step aside. I'm here, doesn't matter. I am the son of God. I am the Messiah. I just revealed myself to you. I will go and tell them. This is for all of you that go, I don't think I could tell my story. Somebody else could do it better. Jesus doesn't want better. He just wants you. He just wants you. He just wants you to go, I've got a story to tell. And it says that many, see this? Many of the Samaritans came into the family of God. Many of them believed Jesus. Jesus spent a couple of days hanging out with them because so many of them opened their hearts to, to, to the presence of God and the ministry of Jesus because of her testimony, because of her story. I'd like you this week to tell your story to somebody. Beyond, how's the coffee taste this morning? Beyond how are you doing, I'd like you to think about your story, get it down to maybe a minute or two minutes so it's not overwhelming to someone, you don't have them there for 15 minutes, and tell somebody your story. And you go, but Scott, uh, mine isn't, my story isn't as good as hers. I only had one husband. I had a lady last night say, I had three. I said, <laughs> we're not in a competition to go that way. I just, everyone in this room has a story. So when I give my story, just have a minute just to talk to somebody, and, and it comes up, and we just have that moment of life, I just say, hey, uh, let me tell you how I was raised in a very religious environment. I was raised around a lot of religious people. Some of them were good, and some of them were bad. So I tried religion. I tried to be good enough for God. And I felt very frustrated. Because I could never be good enough for God. And then I heard this truth. That Jesus doesn't want me to practice a religion to him. He wants me to accept him as my best friend, my Savior, and my Lord. And he doesn't want me to have a religion to him. He wants to have a relationship with me. That changed everything for me. When I learned it wasn't about religion, it was about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And since I started that relationship, it's been the best thing in my life. It's given me unconditional love, it's given me overflowing joy, and it's given me amazing peace. And what I've experienced can happen to you as well. About that long. So whatever your story is, try sharing it this week maybe to one of those people. See them in the light of God. See how much God values them. And you may say, well, Scott, I, try, I tried it. I tried. I tried telling my story, and I wasn't successful. Do you know Jesus wasn't successful every time? 
Like sometimes we go, oh, that, that was the whole Samaritan village. Scott, that was good. That was a big win. Call him. Do you know in Luke chapter 9, there's a whole Samaritan village that rejects him? Yeah. So when it comes to Samaritan villages, one in the win column, one in the not win column. I've been thinking a lot about Jesus on the cross. He's there not by himself. He's there with two friends. And what is Jesus doing while he's on the cross? He's not looking down. He's not looking at himself and he had every reason. He's not fixated on his own pain, though it's very real. The physical pain of being on the cross, the spiritual pain of bearing the sins of the world. He could have been very much about himself, but what he does is he lifts up his eyes on the cross. And there's a criminal on one side and a criminal on the other side. They're both bad guys. They are those people. They don't deserve a chance. But for Jesus, there are no those people. These are our people. And they're a captive audience. They can't get away from him. So what does he do? He talks to them. And one of them becomes good. And one of them stays bad. So just get this. This is Jesus, the Son of God. And in a life and death situation, these guys are moments from death. They both know that. That's, that's a reality. They both know they're going to die that day. So there's not a lot of procrastination. Well, that's an interesting thought. I'll, I'll consider accepting you tomorrow, Jesus. There is no tomorrow for these guys. There is, he's literally talking to an audience that can't get away from him. There is no tomorrow that they're at the end of their life, and he wins only one of them. But he would have liked to have won too. Because that wasn't a, a guy he didn't love. He loved that guy. And he wanted him to be in the kingdom of God, but he hardened his heart and rejected. I just want to say that one Samaritan town followed, one rejected. One thief accepted, one rejected. Nobody bats a thousand, but everybody should swing the bat. I'm going to say that again. I didn't say that the other service. I just came in. Nobody bats a thousand, but everybody should swing the bat. Swing for the fences. Lift up your eyes. Don't say four more months. Don't say, well, I'll do this later. Maybe, maybe, maybe not this week, Scott, but I'm sure in the weeks to come I'll, I'll do this. Not four more months. Not, uh, maybe in April I'll try this. Maybe May I'll get around to it. Jesus gives a sense of urgency. He says, today, when's the best time to lift up your eyes? Today. Lift up your eyes today and look at the harvest. They are ripe with human need. Their souls are broken and you have the keys of life. Don't be too tired. Don't be too cranky. Don't have such a bad day that you can't share. Say, I'm going to put my feelings aside. I may feel down, but I'm not looking down. I'm looking up. I'm going to share life. I'm going to go beyond the surface. 
and I'm going to share my story. Do you know when you share your story, nobody can argue against it because it's your story. There is no argument against your story. They can argue religion with you. They can argue churches with you. They can argue scripture with you. They can't argue your story because it's your story. So share it with somebody this week. Let's see what God will do. Let's see what will happen. So to wrap the message up with one little statement, remember what it is? Let's try it again. Lift up your eyes. Amen. Let's uh, stand together. Can we do that? Let's close our eyes. Let's open our hearts and listen to the most important voice in this room. And it's not my voice. It's the voice of Jesus. He's talking to you about what you need in this moment, what grace you need. There's no one in this room that is unimportant to God. Every soul in this room matters to God. I'm going to lead in a prayer in just a moment. And it's a prayer that says, Jesus, I receive your grace and your love. I receive your forgiveness and your salvation. I invite every single person here to receive Jesus. To start a relationship with the best friend you'll ever have. Not religion. I'm not asking you to join a religion. I'm asking you to join a relationship with Jesus. As I get ready to pray this prayer, I'm going to ask our prayer team if they would come and just stand at the altar. I'm going to ask the rest of us to put our faith in Jesus, to begin or to restart a relationship with Jesus in this moment of faith, believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth, lifting your voice with all the people around you saying, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name because I need you in my life. I open my heart, my soul, my life to Jesus Christ. Come into my life to be my Savior and to be my Lord. Help me to follow Jesus every day of my life. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, 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 amen. Yes, put, yes, put your hands together. The Bible says there's rejoicing in heaven. should be rejoicing on earth. Rejoicing on earth. So if you are starting a relationship with Jesus or restarting a relationship with Jesus, I want you to walk to the front and tell one of our prayer team. I love last night's service. When I said those words, the guy just bolted right out of his seat. I just love that. He just, he was, and then he looked at me like, can I come? I said, yes. Why wait? Why wait? If you're restarting a relationship, if you have a spiritual need, a financial need, a physical need, a relational need, we're here to pray with you and for you because Jesus says, my house is a house of prayer. We want to pray with you. While prayer is being offered, communion tables will open. And if you'd like to receive Holy Communion today, you don't have to be a member of this church to receive prayer or communion, just a friend of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. As you come to the communion table, remember Jesus. Put your mind, your full mind on Jesus. Remember him. That the bread and the cup of the Lord represent his death, his burial, and his resurrection. The fact that he took all of your sin and all of your shame on the cross. And you can be forgiven today. Your slate is clean today because of Jesus Christ. You can have a fresh start. You can have a new beginning because of Jesus Christ. And you need it. And he's offering it to you. So I'm going to pray a prayer, just a blessing. After that, the worship team will just begin to worship. 
prayer team will start praying with people. Love you to come and receive prayer, receive communion. If you've been new here with the fellowship and you come, or maybe this is your first time, but you've never gone to the VIP room, please do that today. We want to just greet you and gift you and grace you. And the VIP room is back on the left-hand side. We just want to connect with you. We want to help you in your spiritual journey. And that's why we're here. Not to build a religion, but to build people's relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Because you are not one of those people. You're one of our people. So I pray, Lord, that your spirit, your love, and your grace would continue to grow in this family of God. May we go out of our way to reach people. May we overcome our feelings to reach people. May we share the good news of life with people and go beyond the surface conversations. And may we tell people our story, what you've done for us. I pray the Lord will bless you in every way possible. And I bless you in the strong, mighty, and majestic name of Jesus. And in Jesus' name, you are very blessed. And all of God's kids say together, amen. Let, yeah, let's just, yeah, let's put our hands together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We love you so much. Now, please come forward for prayer, for communion, worship, and go with the grace of God.